Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. This is our team-by-team analysis series, starting off with the Adelaide Crows, South Australia's second favourite team, straight behind Glenelg. Um, Don't know where Port Adelaide's ranked there, boys, but it is really good to have you back for this series. 18 teams, lots of analysis going through standard relevance, draft relevance, rookies, breakouts, premiums, the fixture, everything that we usually go through. More depth than anyone else at this time of year per, per team. Before we move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, also, all the audio platforms as well. So, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on YouTube, Chris. Yeah, just a search for a Supercoach Insider. And uh, I just got word from Google. Yeah, we just lost about 15% of our listenership. So, thanks very much for that. That was good. That's okay, JB. <laughs> thanks for popping in for 60 seconds. Um, that's <laughs> what she said also. Uh, Chris, you're taking the lead on this one. So hit us up with the Adelaide Crews. Yeah, so I suppose we get get right into it. So last year they finished uh, 14th, actually tied for, for 13th, but um, we're down a little bit on percentage at 86.66%. Um, they did have three losses, uh, one to Frio, the Bombers, and, of course, the Pies uh, by under a kick. So there's a little bit of... Um, meat on the bone there in terms of their potential. They were in, in close in a few games, but some games they just got blown out in. So um, other games they're getting 10 goals kicked against them. Uh, yeah, so they're sort of, it's probably where they're going to still sit. I can't really see them developing or improving their list um, too much. Uh, obviously, Rankin does come in um, and improves them quite a lot, uh, but I don't know if it's enough to sort of get to that next level of team. Uh, they're going to be looking for a lot of natural development. They really need to settle their back line, which is, I think, probably the biggest issue for them at the moment. Um, other than that, um, Tex Walker's obviously on borrowed time. He's, he's you know, approaching 33. How much longer can his body hold up? Fogarty has taken that step forward, though, so that's probably a good thing for them. Um, they really need – what they need, they need Phil Thorpe to be the number two pick that he was when he came into the club. Um, if he can stand up and actually take one of those key posts, take the pressure off Tex um, and kick, you know, average, you know, be a Max King style kicker. Oh, probably not. A little bit of a straighter kicker would be nice. Hmm. Um, but, you, you know, the tandem of Rochelle and, um, and Rankin is mouthwatering. I can't wait to see that in action. So there is some excitement down there at Adelaide. Now, just going through some ins and outs, of course. Uh, so over uh, the, the coming into the club, Hugh Bond, which is a number 50 draft pick, Tyler Brown was just um, uh, taken as a preseason supplemental selection. Uh, Billy Dowling, number 43. Mark Keane, another preseason supplementary selection. Uh, Max McElhinney, a number 17 draft pick, and obviously Isaac Rankin. And out went Luke Brown, who retired. Ben Davis was delisted. Billy Frampton was traded, so that's a bit unfortunate with... Um, Fisher Mackesy or Mackesy, I'm not sure how you actually pronounce that, uh, also retiring. So uh, that's put a little bit of pressure on the defensive line now. Um, surprisingly, James Rowe was delisted. I actually was um, messaging you, Ben, about this earlier. I, I, I thought he was a half-decent you know, sm- small forward, and I don't know why. First of all, they delisted him, and second of all, no one else has picked him up. Like He's playing now in the, in the sandful. So that's a strange one for me. I, I actually really rated him. Um, and Brett Turner also delisted. So... 
Uh, in terms of their fixture, they play the, the teams they play twice. They play Brisbane, Collingwood, Gold Coast, GWS, Port Adelaide, and West Coast. Um, so a couple of easy ones and then a few hard ones as well. So it's sort of middle of the road. Um, their first four games are against GWS, Richmond, uh, GWS away, Richmond at home, Port Adelaide away. Uh, it's obviously the, the local <laughs> derby there. Um, and Frio at home. Uh, and the last three is Brisbane, Sydney, and West Coast. That's away, home, and away. They have the round 14 buy, and according to Champion Data, they have the 12th hardest draw. Um, so I'm not sure. Again, this middle of the road, middle of the road. There's nothing really crazy or outlandish about that. Um, so, yeah, I suppose we get right into the premiums, guys. And uh, where hey, Chris, start? Can you can you remember what I replied to your James Rowe being delisted comment? I don't know what did you actually say. You, you couldn't actually figure out why you got delisted. I said, nobody rose. <laughs> and I didn't course. get quite the attention that I deserved, no. so I thought I'd just repeat it now, just for a little two-second I think my text, it didn't really hit the mark. But now that you've said it on, on the podcast, absolutely. You, you know, yeah. And I wonder like, why people ghost me. Right. Like the podcast if you like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so starting, starting off with premiums, yeah? Yeah. So obviously Rory Laird, number one. Uh, 703k mid um yeah obviously my boy from last year got in him really early and he's absolutely killed it he averaged 127 um th- we've discussed Rory Laird in depth I think the main thing to touch on is that you're really you know grasping at straws if you're looking for reasons to not pick him but also he's 700k um he's very consistent his um standard deviation is one of the best in the league in terms of his ability to continually rack up similar scores. So therefore, he doesn't actually drop cash too much. The only thing I could say towards that is um, he's, based on the magic number, how it is now, even if he was to just average 127 over the first, I think it's seven or eight rounds, he still dropped 65K. So he's definitely still overpriced, but they all are at this point of the season. So... Yeah, you're paying 703k for a guy that can average you 120 plus, uh, be a vice captain and captain option, and be safe as houses. And look, no one loves a stat more than Rory Laird. So, well, he's 29 years of age, but importantly, he's also played 96.7% of all games over the last three years, and he went 100 plus in 90% of games. So you're looking at 125 or more he would score, and he got that 11 out of 20 games. And that kind of even goes back to the year before where you had some really big games as well. Uh, the key thing is, again, price. But when you look at someone who, A, is very consistent, low standard deviation, lots of 125 pluses, plays most games over many years, you know, it's hard to kind of not pick a couple of those players as well. So I can see the argument for both sides. Wait, this is a question I had for Swizz. How do you read their midfield now? So... Um, Key's played, I think, 20 games. Uh, I think 20. I think he might have missed a couple. Um, Sloan missed a lot of footy last year. And actually, when he went He's out, played Laird came in. Um, so, yeah. Oh, what, Keys? Keys, Keys played, played 22. 20. Crouch had eight, uh, 11. So Murray, Murray had 18. Yeah. So, what do we look at their mid-mix-up? Because you know, rumor has it they're going to be switching Rochelle and Rankin through that midfield mix. Now, does that mean CBAs or does that mean just mean as that extra midfielder? One thing I noticed about Rankin last year is that he wouldn't get CBAs, but he would be at contests around the ground. He'd be at bounce-ups and um, as that extra midfielder. So, it, you know, they, they're taking that sort of approach towards their midfield this year. That could change a little bit. Um, but there's a lot of mids in there. Like Matt Crouch, is he ever playing again? Like, is he best 22? 
that's a valid question, right? So does he if he comes in, does he start to steal points from Laird? What happens with Rory Sloan? He's still arguably you know, their most influential leader on the pitch. So he's probably playing, but he's not really a forward, right? Like, what are you going to do with Rory Laird uh, if you've got to give all those CBAs over to someone else? Sam Berry, I think you can't really take him out of that centre mix rotation. He led the league in tackles last year and was and second was Rory Laird. So, um, yeah, so it's that's really where I'd be saying, okay, if you're really nitpicking that mid-mix, what do you see it as, Swiss? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the um, head there, mate. It's um, I, I like uh, the way I look at it is you're going to have Laird and Barry. They're very similar in the way they you know play the game, all those tackles and that. So they kind of want that third player as a mix of more, I guess, more attacking option because you know Laird and Barry will run both ways. Um, so I don't think that's Matt Crouch anymore, and um, it's kind of I think he's there as that. Um, break glass in case you know they get injuries or um, and I, I think the way they're developing um, if they've got the common sense about themselves they'll probably be looking to get more youngsters through there I think Isaac Rankin as you said comes in more as that they want to set up that forward line for the future Fogarty, um, Thorthorpe, McHenry, uh, Rankin and um, Rochelle so maybe they'll get up up the ground around the ball but I don't see them taking those um, you know CBAs off them. It wouldn't surprise me if you know you see the odd time Dawson and going in, but I think as you said, Sloan's their most influential person. So it'd probably be him. And then I feel like it could be maybe one of these young fellas that we haven't really seen a lot of. I think that's the way they'll go. But as the season goes on and they get tired, then you might see your Matt Crouches come in um and just, you know, take a bit of the workload. But I think leads that's what I was thinking, um, Swizz and Chris. Just pre- I know you're going to get into the rookies shortly, but they are there is three standout kind of rookies on that fringe at this moment, which are kind of mid or mid forward, and all three I believe have fairly good contested ball numbers as well. Um, and I'll let you get into that in a little bit, but there, there's definitely some talent on the fringe as far as being able to provide some of that youth and that dynamic um, to be that extra mix up for them. Yeah, like they're not they're not winning the flag this year, and so no, no, and they're, they're, it's not like okay. Yes, we've got an aging Texan Sloan. This is their last opportunity. It's it's not happening. So surely they go, okay, we're going to blood some of these kids, but Laird and Barry, because we know we've got the safety because they do run both ways. Um, Who needs so, a flag when you're the people's champion of South Australia? Well, that's right as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, the other that, thing is, you, know, you touched on it, Swiss, that they've got like guys like Saligo, they've got like guys like Ned, uh, Ned McHenry, et cetera. Um, these guys, yeah, have probably been promised some sort of mid-time at some point or other. Now, I know that a lot of them have, you know, had a little bit of um, CBAs, etc., throughout their their time. But realistically, they've basically played a half forward or maybe on a wing or in a forward pocket, and they've never really been able to, like Schoenberg, for example, like really display the talent that these guys have. Yeah. Um, so I think their mid-mix is due for a little bit of change. Um, mainly because they just need to get some games into these kids. Like, there's no point really, like, just throwing, Rory, like, Rory Laird, 29 years old. Like, is he part of their next premiership push? That's, but, it's, it's yeah, interesting, but it's, right? it's more, I think it's the Sloans and all them that are getting chopped out in the crowds yeah. and that. So, Laird, I think Laird's your leader in there, um, and he'll just do what he wants to do. So, I think, yeah, he's as safe as houses. The only issue then is, depending on how many sort of kids they rotate through that, does... 
does that mean Laird's going to have a bigger role in that and more responsibility on him? That though I can't see him getting any better than what he does, and that, or is it a case of, um, you know, he's going to get sort of beaten up in a couple of games because it's only going to be him with no protection? But then there'll be other games where those young fellows will, you know, fall off and the bigger bodies will come in to protect him. Or it's also, he gets it's also worth noting too how much of the pie is because who, who's averaging a hundred plus from Adelaide. You know, each team gets a fairly good chunk. A lot of the Adelaide players are getting that sort of 60, 70, 80, maybe mm. borderline 90. Yeah. So there's still quite a lot there for who is it? Laird, Dawson, O'Brien could hit 100 and probably Berry. Oh, sorry, Keys. Well, yeah, but well, Keys. Keys didn't, didn't Keys' <laughs> whole role change and that because they were trying to get some of these young fellas in at one point and a bit of the mix and that. So, like, Keys should be playing in that midfield. But as you said, you've got those other guys, even Jackson Haitley, who they originally recruited to be the next Matt Crouch. Um, okay. Somebody's got to I actually have team. an interesting, interesting stat on that. Did you know that? So, Ben Keys not only led the team in clangers. He also led the team in goal assists, so go figure. Hmm. <laughs> hey, fifty percent of the time it works. <laughs> yeah, he plays every time. He plays the anchor man. Um, in um, Keys' defence, he also did have some groin issues and some other injury concerns at yeah. the end of last year. Yeah. But played through. Um, should we kind of go like one by one, or are we just going to put all these premiums in one big ass chat? <laughs> like, well, the the next so the next one I've had. I mean, with that's a big big chat on Rory Laird and where we see his role. Obviously, I I, I don't think that's discrediting him as a player, but I do think you're basically paying what you're going to get out of him. So if that's what you want, it's not a value selection, but it's a guaranteed bona fide captain option every single week. That's going to be fairly consistent. Um, is he going to go 127 again? Maybe I, I'd like 120. I, it, it's, it's hard to back that up, but being Rory Laird, maybe and 700 K you'd pay it. Um, he's not a bad option. And I would never say that he's a, he's, you shouldn't pick him. Is that what it was? I should end with. But um, the next, really, the only other premium is probably Jordan Dawson. Like you can go through everyone else on their list, and there's some breakout candidates and guys that might you know come out of nowhere. But really, it's just Jordan Dawson, um, 603k defender, basically switched between halfback and wing, and I don't think that's going to change too much. Um, he got some kickouts, not all kickouts. Um, and he's the guy that they want to obviously get the ball in their hands to. And then the, the reason why is because Adelaide's biggest problem is moving the ball by foot and getting to the other side of the field. They absolutely scorched the ball going outside. And, you know, they actually had a, a positive clearance differential for the entire year. And they were third in clearances. But they somehow still sucked that much to only manage to get 14th. Um, and a lot of that is just ball movement. So they need to utilize Jordan Dawson as much as possible. And they also need to get other guys in their team that can also similarly use the ball because that is their biggest number one problem across the across the team. Um, what do you guys think of Jordan Dawson? Because I had him locked for basically the first six weeks or so. It's a month really of, um, um, of the sort of SC plus era of the team selector, team picker. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, he hasn't left my side. I've had him in a lot of my side. Um, again, it's just that expensive price when you're kind of flipping between $600,000 defenders and then like, hey, for not much more, I can get a midfielder who I could probably actually VC and C. So um, flipping between you know value in defense as far as mid prices and then mid prices in that midfield line, but if it was the the two, he's pretty much in that that three P 
repeat series that I'm looking at. So for me, it's kind of Stuart Dawson and Brayshaw is the kind of cheaper option that I'm sort of toying with, but not completely happy with. Yeah, I'm well, uh, sorry. I'm uh, yeah on that Dawson, Stewart, Doherty, and then Brayshaw, but I think it's two. And at the moment, I think it's Dawson. Dawson's the one that's just been the standout for me, and that I just think his age, his role, and his ability to score you know big scores. Um, I don't see a lot changes there. I definitely don't see basically anything changes, and I, I, there's a little bit of meat on the bone. Like um, he had that real slow start to the season, and I think people were at the time thinking, "Oh, what have I done with this super coach selection?" Because he didn't really blow it out the park early, but obviously that all turned around pretty quickly. So um, yeah, there's there's a little bit of value in there. I wouldn't say there's a lot of value in the pick, but oh, <laughs> yeah, but early on it wasn't even. Like they were like 98, 99, 97, 94. So yeah. like, even he's like getting into a new club, his worst games weren't, you know, too bad. But once he hit his straps and got into that, like, you know, remember he's only first year at Adelaide. So yeah, coming in now, actually doing another preseason with them. And when he started banging out those 130s and 140s, um, I don't think that's the sort of defender you don't want to be missing out on. Yeah, that's right after yeah. the buy too. But when we so, break down his stats real quick, he's a good price point as far as age as well. Twenty five point eight years mm -hmm. of age. Also played ninety eight point four percent of the games over the last three years. So he doesn't really miss games at all, which is also really good. High time on ground, ninety point one percent time on ground. Here's the thing where it kind of flips a little bit with most defenders because they do drop the occasional under hundred game. Uh fifty nine percent of his scores were a hundred or more. Right. So that leaves forty percent of the time he's going under a hundred and dropping cash. Um, and but on the positive side, only four and a half percent is him actually going under eighty, which is where you'll probably find him stabilizing around that sort of five fifty mark or so for most of the year. So if you want to pay the extra fifty thousand for someone who you'll have all year and and pretty likely going to be a top six, I don't mind spending up for that. Yeah, but yeah. if you even look at those that second half of the year, um, was it with Sydney? He's um, I think it was like every third game he scores over one hundred twenty five. So it balances out there as we sit there and say, okay, there's barely a score under 80 and, you know, the, the potential if it's under 100 drops cash. But, yeah, he's balancing that out with massive scores and especially if, if you're in a head-to-head -head game and that and you're playing against Dawson, that do you really want to be missing out on, yeah, somebody who's scoring 130? Yeah, there's not many defenders that can go 125 plus seven times or more in a season. Mm. Okay, so here's a question for you guys then. Pick one. Jordan Dawson or Tom Stewart? Yeah, I'm, I've got Dawson just. Yeah, more for uh, durability yep. and games. Age. That's all. As in, yeah, I like Stewart I mean, probably has more, a little bit more upside for me, but Dawson's the safer pick. The thing with Stewart is you got to remember he, like, he he played, what, 17 last year, but four of those games that he missed were suspension, right? So he only actually yep. missed yeah. one game from injury, and that was, what, concussion? Was it a concussion that he, he yeah, had? Yeah, it might have been. Doesn't but matter Stuart, if it's a suspension. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's a an injury. I know, but I, it's, I find, it's, it's almost fake. It's like it's Stuart, it's Stuart standard standard deviation would be much greater than Dawson's, but yeah, because look, he got tagged. Yeah, I think yeah. The the thing with um the thing with Stuart is he's got a potential to really hurt you. Like he's got one sixty plus in him on any given day. Um, so look, you again, you're picking at hairs. The reason I ask that question is because there is a lot of defenders, 600K plus this year, 
how many you're choosing and going into your season or even if you're choosing any. Right now, I'm floating with a team without any of them just to see what it feels like. <laughs> it's not a great idea. Like the I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I think one or two. two um, yeah, so but people will be splitting that up. You know, The rumors of Doherty playing midfield and you know, people are real hot on that at the moment. They're looking, okay, well, what about if I go you know, Stewart and Doherty as well instead of Stewart and Dawson or whatever it may be? Um, I tend to agree with you guys. Um, Adelaide are a team that they're not really moving anywhere. They're not go- they're not going anywhere at great speeds. Um, they're a couple more, two, three more years away from really challenging that top eight, in my opinion, um, with a lot of development or some more player movement. So his role to me is as locked as anything because he's he's arguably their best player. Um, I think he's the, he's by far their most damaging player. So why would you change his role? That doesn't make any sense to me. And they've found where he impacts the most. Over those first seven games, he only averaged 99, which was sort of on par. I think he averaged 100 the year before, right? So you were looking for a little bit extra and then bang, he exploded. So only 110 by the end of the year, but he went on that back end stretch of, it would have been what somewhere between 115 to 120 for the mm. entire back of the year. So yeah, um, middle party went 123.6 over the middle sort of, I think it was seven rounds, but then tailed back off in the last six, similar to the start of the year. I think average 103.5 for the first eight and then the last sort of uh, round 17 to 23, 102.6. So we did tail off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't think there's any negatives. No. I, I'm, I'm literally struggling to find a negative not to have Dawson. The only thing really is, is does he fit into your structure? Like, I, I can't find a negative for Dawson at all. I can't see anyone coming back there and, and taking his points. They don't have a super talented guy coming in and is going to take kick-ins or um, another really great user behind the ball. I mean, there's talk, obviously, that Miller is going back there. But, I mean, he's not an amazing – he doesn't have the penetration of someone like a Dawson anyway. So, yeah, I think it's all a bit of a moot point, to be honest. So Maybe, maybe that's why he got engaged. I don't get it. You know, you he has more. He has more penetration than Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chris. Sorry, I was. My head was not in the gutter, and then you took it to the gutter. But Just I respect that every freaking time. It's about football. <laughs> All right, now I don't have any other um, premiums listed um, for them. Can, uh, can I just mention one last thing for for that mate? Just Absolutely. Because it's um, you know, what was really interesting was that start of the year Matt Crouch was actually playing. So when mm. um, Dawson was going that. Uh, was it one, 103 for that first eight rounds? Uh, it and then, was 99 for the first seven and then Seven and then had that the one last. big game. So, yeah, yeah so yeah. 99. And that, they were the games that Crouch were playing because he played that first seven. And then as Crouch actually started to go out and miss games, that that's where um, like Dawson exploded. So we're talking about that pie situation. Um, so that might be the only thing that sways me if round one, all those big names, Crouch and Sloan and all them actually were in the team because all of a sudden Dawson's pie actually then reduces. It doesn't seem to reduce Laird's output, but Dawson was the one that was heavily more affected. Laird just will find other ways to score. He will. He will. Like that's, that's, he, he's like, he will he, dude, he's the sort of guy that quarter time goes and checks the stats and says, I can do better there. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, love, I do love a good Rory Laird. Um, all right, so I've got some breakout contenders um, before we get to the rookies. So Isaac Rankin at 386K forward. I don't think you can pick him just really awkwardly priced. But if he does get that mid-time, he wasn't getting any CBAs, but he was he was scoring quite well in the back end of last year. 
Um, he was getting, yeah, I think a, a high 90 average when his role changed that sort of high half forward that was getting up around the ground. Um, I think that Rankin could potentially break out if he got enough CBAs to make it worth your while. But I, I don't, it's such an if factor at the moment. I can't speculate. I don't even have any data on if they're, they're going to be using him in that fashion. But he's the sort of guy that has impact when he's around the ball. So I can see that as a potentially being a breakout. One guy that we might at round three go, oh shit, he's playing 50% CBAs and he's dropped two 130s. Maybe I need to jump on this guy. So someone to keep an eye on is Isaac Rankin, just role dependent, of course, but um, I'm definitely not too uh, phased by having him in my team if he gets the right role. Yeah, he went on a good run middle of the year, uh, 96.9 over that middle part of the season, but was quite uh, poor on both sides. So I call it, kind of call it like the pyramid. Start off poor, have a big peak, wonderful, get a new co- – well, some interest for a new contract and then tails off and does nothing. Yeah, no, what um, absolutely happened was he got a phone call saying, hey, man, just um, just Yeah, can chill. you just tone it down? So just we can, chill. Um, yeah, Because exactly. we don't have any more than pick five. <laughs> um, and then even then, so the reason why I get – People hear some preseason chatter like, oh, yeah, Rochelle saying, I'm going to get some increased midfield minutes or whatever it is. And then Rankin similarly. Rochelle only got 6% CBAs yeah. for the year. So it's like, mm-hmm. hey, him getting more midfield time, could him be maybe getting one in 10? So don't get too excited. Yeah, it, you know, wait, I think, wait till you actually see it. I think you look at what well, Matty Crouch, what, 67% in the games that he played. Um, so I think it's sort of he goes down. You might see. Uh, you know, Saligo going, say, 15%, maybe up to sort of that 30 or 40 possibly. So, Rochelle, it might only be at 10%. But you know I'm shocked me, that though? he wasn't trained at best. Sam Berry, right, who only had, I think it was 60-odd uh, CBAs as well, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. but the way he finished the year, they really wanted him in there more because mm. it went 87, 91, 82, 85, 90, 67 for the last, what, six rounds. Because they, uh, win, the, they win clearance yeah. when he's at the contest. He's a yeah, very, so very good contested player. I, I, I see rank, that I trend continuing. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. I see that trend continuing because to start the year, he wasn't getting anywhere near that sort of percentage. It was you know, 52, 38, 43, and then all of a sudden, the back end of the year, they kind of gave him the keys more because he earned them. So bit I'm of a bit of a way. draft smoky. Barry. Yeah, I was uh, just a little bit about to say that. Just, just an absolute draft smoky there, Sam Barry. I, I don't, I don't mm. mind him as a like you can't pick him in standard because that's too much of a blind risk. But no, but dude, he's rated the 61st um, midfielder. Like you could, uh, so we usually base it on ten team leagues. Are that yep. like there, you know, there might be Which a little is bit of hype of him, but you've got people like around that range where you've got like you know Matty Rao, Sarong. Um, you know, there's always love for you know you guys like uh, even though he's a forward, Golden and and Rowbottom and that. So you could potentially still pick him up as a late fourth midfielder, early fifth midfielder, and you know you're still getting value on that. Um, so. And because of his tackles, he's going to have a, a safe floor regardless. So I actually think it's a great draft selection. Mm. Um, there's another two that I've just put in here as potential on, breakouts. Chris. but Hang on, Chris. So also 86.9 average. So definitely you could easily pick him up in that 90 to 95 range. People shouldn't really be going there. And also let's not forget he only played 72% of time on ground. So as, oh, yeah, as far Sam as – yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam Barry, before you moved on. And um, apparently this preseason as well – um, yeah, all reports are that he's returned really well, really fit. And uh, I could, you know, that time, if that time on ground increases with that CBA, he could go close to 100. Yeah, well, you've got to remember everyone's going up and no one's going down, right? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, except <laughs> that, that role is his, though. He has that, actually proved that, it. Yeah. I'll go home, him up and others down for sure. On that run home, that round 17 game includes a 15 against the Bombers. So you actually take that out 
and that in like huge his second half of the year was absolutely huge so you're right 90 to 95 is yeah not out of the question because i still think there's a bit of meat in the bone see now now here's where that this problem lies we do this podcast it's fantastic but then we're all in a fucking draft league together and sam, who's got sam barrier we're gonna go, go scamble to get him um that's no, all this is where the fun is chris my apologies you I, was, actually, sorry, I was looking at his highest score against us on, on round 17 that's my apologies that wasn't the case at all well, uh, Swizz, if you that. make a mistake, how about you? Oh, don't sorry, I was talking to that. I should just let it go, but I feel bad on that. <laughs> just now. let it go. I'm talking. You're too go. busy interrupting me about your fucking hey, mistake. I'm that's like, sports like, person of the year you're talking to, right? Around. It just makes no sense. Yeah, like, don't, hey, that's sports person yeah. of the year you're talking to, oh. mate. You say so when you talk to him. Oh. Oh. I'm glad you brought it up. We'll dig it up to the start of the Brisbane show. We'll just yeah, right. It's nothing to talk about the lines. Chris, no, it, is... was a, it was a 70. Sorry, 70 against Carlton. I was looking at the wrong line. But yeah, there was that 70 and the 78 against Hawthorne. So there was still two of those lower scores in the, in that run home um, where, you know, yeah, those games, I think he lifts that, you know, 10, 15 points in those sort of, you know, lower games that he was playing. So it's, it's always going to happen, young fellow, and that's going to find more ball, as you said, more more in the midfield. And that's where he started scoring those 99s, that 140, 121. So. Definitely, um, yeah, meat on the bone. I love hearing the same point made twice. <laughs> um, Chris, now I do agree. When when you're playing the same draft leagues with people, it kind of That's we do tough. this for your yeah. benefit. We do yeah. this for your benefit because it definitely kind of sabotages us sometimes. Because now I, I, you know, I hear, hey, this is who Chris is kind of interested in, and sometimes, <laughs> yeah. well, a couple of years ago, there's that, there's that coin, there's that coin flip. I'm like, cool, I'll just take Dawson, and you're like, damn it, I'm like, hey, I know who Chris is going next because of where he would rate them, and then I take a player just before him, and it, it's all good fun. That's it's where I um, really like what's well, at the uh, sleep uh, sleeper ad um, app, which they use in um, American sports because yeah. you like the live trading of draft picks with people while you're on the clock. Um, and if that was the case, because if I knew you were coming up and that I'd be trading ahead of you just because we can kind of already gauge who each other it's going to take. So, yeah, I wish yeah. Super Coach did that because I tell you what, it'd be absolutely brutal on draft day. <laughs> so much, so worth it. I'll trade you a six-pack of brews for your pick. <laughs> yep, all right, let's go. <laughs> My Uber Eats right. account is open right now. What can you do? <laughs> now, moving on. So a couple more breakouts, and they're more really breakouts so much as um, – Guys that I think can average a significant, significantly more than what they're priced at based on role changes. So obviously the first one's Miller, which we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, so tip to go back behind the ball again. Um, and so is Chase Jones. So Chase Jones has actually been playing a little bit of halfback or back pocket. Um, and now he's actually pushing up to a wing. So a little bit of a role changes there. Um, and they've been documented uh, in interviews. So um, how that's impacted, no idea. But I mean, Chase Jones, is he ever going to be? Was he pick four? Like, he was what, high. What? Yeah, definitely. He was I'm trying to think in that draft where it, there was definitely some um, really good players taken around him. And it was like, he might have even be, I, I feel like he was in the super draft, but. Um, I just don't get, like, a, a, he's done nothing for that club. Like, literally nothing. Like, I, I he's he's almost a shadow of, like, a guy that's running around the field. I've got no idea. Like, Sometimes I'm like, oh, who's that that's got the ball? Because I can't even tell who it is. Um, absolutely done nothing for them. But, um, yeah, so hopefully pick, he can pull it together. Pick um, nine, mate. While you're, while you're on that. Nine. Pick 100, nine. 100% in. of his games have been under 80 super coach. <laughs> <laughs> under 80. I'm not even kidding. He's never, he's never had And it was, it was the oh, super wow. draft, 2018. That's, that's the Walsh, okay. Rankin, King, and that. Um, so he went nine. And then you had Blakely, Caldwell, Butters. Um, you know, Geordie Clark, 
Isaac Quayne, all, all of them went straight after him. So, yeah, <laughs> that's um... far out. Anyway, I, 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 we'll move on because the next guy sort of also fit into that sort of halfback uh, position. So in, into the rookies. So um, obviously defense is really where, as I mentioned earlier, they're really unsettled and there's, that's where the super coach opportunities lie. Um, obviously Dawson will continue to play his role. Um, so, you know, lock that away, but then everything else is pretty much open. Um, so the big, the first one obviously is Andrew McPherson. Um, so he, he's obviously played two seasons before, um, last season he was injured. Uh, I think he played the first game and got a 20 and had did a PCL and was out for the year. Um, end of season PCL surgery, delayed start to the preseason should be definite now though. So he had an arthroscopic, um, he was having, yeah, yeah, when they, they did basically did a knee clean out clean out, um, yeah. because he was having pain uh, in November and he was about five to six, so he said five to seven weeks from training. So he should be back running. I'm not sure how, how much like full training he's in at the moment, but likelihood is he's, he will be available for round one. He's 155K. Um, he, in 2021, he only averaged 50 um, over 18 games. But the year before that, he had a slightly better role, played nine games and averaged 68. So 155K, the problem I find with him is that he was also an unused substitute twice last year. Uh, sorry, in 2021, which which means he's obviously on the fringe. Now, picking a guy like that who's sort of iffy with his scoring and a potential sub-risk is just warning bells for me. Um, but he's also you know three, four years into the system, uh, so he does have that on other guys that are just entering the system. So, um, Chris, he's just started running, resumed running. I think this is from about a week or so ago. Running indoors, uh, apparently players who won't play round one, McPherson is the only crow possibly unavailable. So it looks like he is probably running out of time for round one. But one, and possibly, I'd hope it'd be a downgrade option, to be honest. That'd be nice. Yeah, look, one you might be able to grab during the season. And I would much prefer him to be a downgrade option, to be honest. And because I can see two games of you know how they're using him, you know, and get some more data before I have to select him. Um, but it's one to keep an eye on anyway. Um, obviously, uh, so they just got Keane, um, who was from Collingwood, then retired to go back to Ireland and took a year out of the game, essentially, Not and so Tyler keen. Brown. Um, yeah, so he's 123K uh, rook, but he's got really poor scoring history anyway. Plays lockdown defender. Not worth it. He may get a run at some point because they actually do lack um, key tools, which is why they've brought him in. Um, I, I actually read somewhere that I thought Worrell had a bit of an injury issue or something like that, or maybe a scare in a in a preseason no, no, game, but right. I couldn't find any info on it. Um, yeah, no, Worrell has been injured. Oh, if I could find him. Yeah, so the, the thing um, is yeah, they've really... Re, re-injured, re-injured his hamstring middle of January. Yeah, so so what happened was they, um, they traded Billy Frampton, who they were training up as a centre-half back, they traded him because they had Fisher Mackesy or Mackesy. I still don't know how to pronounce it. Mackesy. Um, he he obviously just said gave them the big finger for no reason because he wasn't um, That's all. And oh, yeah, yeah. Me- mental health is real, boys. Come on. <laughs> well, is. oh, is that, is that, what, it, is that what it was? That's what he said. But he, but he was trying to get traded off the preseason. No, not saying. Yeah, that, that, I, I thought it, I thought it was just he didn't like. He just didn't want to play football anymore. No, he didn't no, have no. passion anymore. He wasn't yeah. in the headspace. That's what it said, but he was trying, definitely trying to get traded over the preseason. I, yeah. there, there's got to be other issues at Adelaide then if he's trying to get traded. That, 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 it's it's an internal issue yeah. that we just don't know about. I can't explain that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so obviously they, so they lost two centre-half backs essentially before the round one started. So that's why they've obviously brought in Keane. They've got Butts 
But then Worrell goes down, who's their other sort of swingman um, centre half back that they were going to plug into that. So they do have Duday, but he's an undersized, um, basically intercepting defender anyway, 187 centimetres. So they're sort of lacking that you know, taller, um, 194, 195 big, and that's where Keane comes into it. So there is actually a chance that he might get a debut early, but I just don't think he's a very good option. He's not going to score points. He's going to be completely irrelevant very quickly. Tyler Brown's come in at 230K. So again, a completely irrelevant. Averaged 30 last year and 44 the year before that. Completely irrelevant in my opinion. And I don't think that there's a, a spot for him in their 22 anyway. Um, of the new crop though, there is a couple of good selections. So Max uh, Michelini, I want to say is, is how you pronounce that. He was pick 17. Um, he's an intercepting defender at 197, 190 centimetres uh, and he's only 135K. Now, Obviously, he's going to be behind a due day if they do get their full complement back there. Um, but he did play Sanford last year. He was unlucky to miss out on selection in the grand final. Um, I believe he played for Norwood. And he's an actual father-son selection for um, the Crows because his dad played 200 games for Norwood. So, um, which is an odd... I didn't know that that was a thing. Apparently, yeah. the Sanford father-sons work for... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he picked up at that level. Um, absolutely rated at that position. Can use the football... The, 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 the uh, knock on him is he apparently needs to work on his strength for at AFL level. Um, but yeah, has played senior footy, can be exposed. We got one good preseason and he's right into the mix. Um, so could potentially play this year, if not uh, very early. Um, Billy Dowling, I like the look of, 117K mid. He actually won the Sample under 18 MVP last year um, and averaged 30 possessions doing so. He's 187 centimeters and 80 kilos and he's a mixture of an inside-outside um, player who can hit the scoreboard. He kicked four goals, three and had 44 in a, in a single game last year in the under 18. So um, definitely one to watch for super coach purposes because if he gets a game and the role, he's going to put up numbers. So that's good. Um, another one I want to highlight is is Pedler, uh, 173k forward, but he only got he, had, he only played one game last year and was the unused sub twice, which is again red flags. Like these small forward types are the guys that are most likely to be the sub. And he got a 45 in one game, and then twice he was um, the un- undue substitute. So, uh, yeah. yeah Pedler has apparently been absolutely killing it this preseason. That's but the again, thing, though. It's, yeah. he's, I think he was a midfielder drafted, and like any kind of midfielder, you get forced to play a different position. And I yep. think that's what it kind of is. So, I think he'll be playing that sort of forward. Um, he definitely won't be getting midfield times, you know, so to, you know, to speak so far. But he does look primed for more games, whether that kind of transitions. And the last one you kind of maybe touched over a little bit would be the Nankervis. Um, oh, yep. Not to be confused with Nankervis. Richmond's Nankervis, but he only just signed, I think it was today or yesterday, um, signed a contract extension as well he with did. the Crows. Yes. So that kind of might give me a little bit more, um, I guess, continuity or, or ability to maybe get a game. And his inside outside, so he, I think, averaged 19 disposals um, through, I think it was a sample or something rather, had 10 contested, 9 uncontested. So it was a pretty good split. Um, again, it's $123,000 mid forward, but another one that could be worth a watch at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I, I think that pretty much wraps up the rookies in terms of draft smokies as well, guys. I mean, obviously, Keys is always a slider. People underrate Keys, but he can come out and have a belter of a few weeks if he's fit and he can play. I remember, I think Keys was like the last notable mid that went in our draft last year, Ben, and he killed it for me. So really happy with him. Um, Rob, he's a bit of a sleeper, but I I worry about Riley O'Brien because, so a lot of Crows fans really rate Stran. Is it Stran or 
Strachan Strachan. Strachan. So, so what's their ruck forward mix going to be like this year? Are they going to a lot of teams looking to play two rucks and sub one out at three quarter time? Are they going to go with the two rucks, or are they going to go with Phil Thorpe as that second, you know, the chop out ruck? Are they going to go with a bit part role player in the ruck? Um, I don't know, but all I know is that Crows fans absolutely love Strachan. Absolutely love him. And uh, to the point where last year he actually overtook Rob for a few games and then Rob took that personal and came back and absolutely dominated um, right after his dropping. So um, Rob could be someone that either goes ham if he gets the if he's going, going to be an 80 90% uh, ruck or can go the complete opposite way and destroy your season being a 50% ruck, 60% ruck. Um, so one to keep an eye on, but um, definitely going to be a draft smoky. I probably wouldn't be paying overs for him or even at his price. I think he averaged about 101. Um, yeah, so one to watch now. And then, yeah, Matt Crouch, I guess, is, is really, really undervalued at the moment. But what's but his here's role going to be like? Is he I'm not sure. I'm not sure about a lot of Adelaide players who draft. right? And the yeah. reason is, is because there's so much risk flaunt with a lot of these players. I think they had nine people go over 80. And then even then you can't go, okay, Riley O'Brien, question marks there. Taylor Walker, old, so again, question marks, possibly there. Matt Crouch, question marks. Sloan, question marks. Brady Smith, kind of is like, is he is he going to get overtaken by anyone? Because uh, he's kind of pushing on as, as well now. Um, you know, I mean, Brady Smith's 31. So there's it, a lot of question marks. And I'm sure someone's going to rise and become relevant. And I just can't see myself dying to be picking Adelaide players in draft outside of those top few, which I would jump early for. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So I'd waiver. I'd easily hop on the waiver, watch some of those preseason games, and then I'd be backing myself in to, to flick some of my bench spots if someone does look like they, they have the role or the talent to kind of really rise up. Noise. I agree. Yep. I think that uh, that pretty much wraps it up, guys. Where do you say? So you see them bottom four still, Twiz? Yep. Oh, they were yeah. 14. Bottom, bottom four to six. Yeah, I think, yeah. Bottom, I think bottom six is. I think that makes sense. GW, uh, GWS will be bringing in that bottom four now. Yeah, they're, they're, I think there's actually already clear sort of bottom teams there. Like we know North Melbourne, everyone's saying maybe the Clarko effect, but yeah, I still think they're the bottom. The Giants, you know, rebuilding have got to be down the bottom. Crow, West Coast, you know, Hawthorne, Hawthorne have completely gutted their list. Um, yeah, so, I think those yeah, five, so, I think, are pretty so clear. I think cut. the Crows are good enough to beat those teams, but are they going to be? able to win enough games against sort of you know your saints and those middle road port adelaide's and you know gold coast and that that's where it's going to be depending if they finish sort of 14th again or do they move up to that yeah sort of i mean they won they won eight games did can you see them winning more than eight no i think that even their that. double ups are hard brisbane collingwood yeah. gold coast port adelaide and then what gws and west coast is like okay that's probably better but four out of the six double ups aren't easy you know, yeah. No, I think that again. That's why I, th- I think like pretty much the same. Like another year of the same. So don't expect too much change. But look, uh, go Crom. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope good things for them. They really do need to have a rise, similar to you said, natural progression, kind of like what Sydney had. They've got some really good, talented people, but these kids need to actually stand up, like Sydney's players stood up. You know, where's the Warner? Where's your Golden? Where's all these other players yeah. that have the talent? Because they're taking steps, and then the Adelaide players are kind of just going, "Oh, it's nice to be home." They're like, show me something. So I need I to do see it. Hope right in front of me, right in front of me. 
All right, that wraps us up for the first instalment. Stay tuned. Next, it's the lovely Brisbane Lions, the, uh, as Swizz would say, the premiership favourites. And as Chris says, it's his, um, <laughs> what is it, your bogey team. Brisbane always yeah. beat Collingwood. And we'll see you next time. See you, guys. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honour. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Oh!